0: Who is your spiritual father? You only have two choices. We like to imagine there's many more choices, but there's only two biblically and theologically. The first one, of course, is the best. That's God. God the Father, who is the source of love. He's the creator of the heavens and the earth. He's the source of all truth. He created us in his image to love us, to care for us, to glorify his name so that we find much joy and satisfaction in him. He's the greatest father you could ever have. He has many spiritual descendants who have been adopted into his family through the person and work of Jesus Christ. There's many people who call God Father, and you can tell that through their action because God's grace has changed them And their actions show that they are like their father. You can tell that they resemble Jesus and they resemble God the Father. The second choice is Satan. Satan has been hostile towards God. He rebelled against God. He was the first created angelical being who is still alive and working today, causing chaos, leading people astray from God and his teaching and make people their own God. He has many spiritual descendants who act just like him, who are hostile towards Jesus, who don't worship God. There's only two arenas you can be in. So the first question you might ask is, does Restoration Road really believe that there's a devil? Absolutely, 110% yes. Why do we believe that? Because Jesus said there was, and said there is, and said that he is still working today as an enemy against God people to bring disunity, to bring chaos, to bring murder, to bring wars, to lead people into idolatry, and to make people act like himself. So today, your Savior, our God, the perfect one, the sinless one, is going to actually look to people and tell people that they are sons of Satan, that their father is the devil. Now, these are not just people who say they're atheists, who say they're Satanists, or say they're agnostics, or say they don't want to follow God. These are people who are saying they worship the one and only God. They think they are people of God. They are from God's covenant people. They are the Jews. And Jesus looks at them and said, you are just like your father. You resemble him. You act like him. You're plotting to kill me. And your father is the devil. Now Jesus was very masculine. He was prophetic. We often think of Jesus just wearing some sort of robe and floating over a grassy field and singing hymns. Yes, he might have sang hymns. But Jesus was prophetic. Jesus came down on sin. He knew he had an enemy. He knew there were people who wanted to kill him. And they knew that they were acting just like their daddy, Satan. Because they resembled their father, the devil. Now, all sons and all daughters resemble their parents. I didn't know my biological father well. He left when I was young, but sometimes I would see pictures. And I'd see similarities in the way we looked, whether it was the way we smiled or some mannerisms when we stand with the hands under the pectorals. And I never knew him, so I knew that those genetics were in me. And when I was around people and they knew, my father knew me, and they said, you've got to be Tommy's son. As I got to know him a little more when I was older and he wore a green suit to my wedding and a purple suit to my uncle's funeral, I started getting really concerned because I knew those genetics were inside of me. (laughs) But I resemble my father. If you see him, you will know that he is my father by the way I act and the way I look. And even talking to him on the phone yesterday, he called me up and he asked if I saw Fab Mello make his first appearance on the Celtics. And I said, man... He looked hunched over. He looked like he couldn't walk. He said, Joey, you're my son. There's no denying it. The guy looked like Big Bird running out there. And I knew, and it was funny he said that when I had a priest today, but there's no denying that I am my father's son. Even with my children, Talia brought home an award the other day that said she's a good people person. She has good people smarts. She's just like her father. And when Carrie's sassy, she's just like her mother. But our children are like us. And so, today, we're going to hear Jesus making the distinction between those who are spiritual descendants of God the Father, spiritual descendants of Abraham, and those who are spiritual descendants of Satan. What I want you to hear today is not to be fearful. I want you to know the gospel is true, and he has purchased you, Jesus, through his blood, and you are adopted into his family. But it's important that we feel the weight of it all, and we feel the weight that there is an enemy, especially in a culture that wants to take distinction out of Christianity, that wants to take the fact that there is a spiritual enemy out of the reality of what Jesus has spoke in biblical truth. It's important because as a church, we will battle the enemy, we will battle demonic forces, we will battle the father of lies, and we need to know that we're secure in Christ, and that we've been adopted as children of the Father. And we should find great joy in that because we've been snatched out of the hands of sin and of Satan and we've been adopted by the most loving Father, the God of all, the Almighty Jesus. So let's do the corporate reading before I get in trouble again. Dave, could we switch back there? I should have just skipped it and got in trouble again. But I'm not going to do it because they call on it every week. Let's read this verse. Jesus said to them, If God were your father, you would love me. For I came from God, and I am here, and I came not on my own accord, but he sent me. John eight forty two. But we're going to start in eight thirty nine and 40 and jump in. It says, They answered him, Abraham is our father. Jesus said to them, If you were Abraham's children, you were doing what Abraham did. But now you seek to kill me, a man who has told you the truth that I heard from God. This is not what Abraham did. So I'm picking up where Dave left off last week. And Jesus is already alluding to the fact that they are not offspring of Abraham. So just give another brief summary. Dave gave it last week. Abraham was a man chosen by God. Chosen by God's grace to lead a royal priesthood to lead a covenant people who God would know uniquely and he would relate to uniquely. And out of Abraham's lineage would come the Messiah. And out of Abraham's descendants came the people of God, the nation of Israel, the Jews. So Jesus is saying, you are not an offspring of Abraham because you are not acting like Abraham. Now, how would Abraham have responded to the arrival of the Messiah, Jesus. I tell you this, he would have been rejoicing, he would have been worshiping, he would have been following Jesus, because Abraham was great, why? Not because he was of good behavior, not because he was special and above everyone else, but because Jesus came from his line. Because the promised one came from the line of Jesus, that's what made Abraham great, he would have worshipped Jesus. He would have followed Jesus. He would not have been plotting to kill Jesus. Because his hope was in the Messiah. We understand that even in Genesis 3, there was a promise that a Messiah would come to crush the head of Satan. It was known and understood from the beginning with God's covenant people that one would come to liberate and destroy the enemy. Abraham would have spawned with rejoicing and following and proclaiming the same gospel that Jesus proclaimed, not being hostile towards Jesus and plotting to kill him. Do you see the difference there? If they were spiritual offsprings of Abraham, they would have been accepting Jesus and learning from Jesus and loving Jesus. But instead, they are plotting to kill him and they are hostile towards Jesus. So let's read on. In verse 41. You are doing what your father did. They said to him, we were not born of sexual immorality. We have one father, even God. Now I want you to hear their tone is ferocious. Jesus is telling people who are claiming to be the children of God that you are not children of God because you are not acting like Abraham and you are not doing what Abraham did. They were ferociously opposed to what Jesus was saying. This is like you going down to the church, walking to the church and saying, none of you know Jesus because none of you are acting like it. All of you are rejecting Jesus. All of you are rejecting God. You think you are children of God, but you're not. You have another father. This is serious. This is heavy. This is not people who are... Not saying they're part of the people of God. There's people who are claiming to know God and be friends of God like Abraham. Abraham was called a friend of God. And they oppose that. And they say, we are not children of sexual immorality. We have of God the Father. Now, what do they mean by that? That's pretty mysterious to bring up sexual immorality here. So once again, we don't know exactly, but we can speculate a little bit. So I'll give you a few things. Because that Restoration Road, <coughs> we like to talk about things, break up the word, bring it home, bring it home to lunch, dinner, through the family, and you can come to your own conclusion on this mystery. But the first thing is, many people believe that Jesus was born out of sexual immorality. It's not easy to convince people that a 15-year-old girl is pregnant because God made her pregnant. So they're saying, Jesus, we are not like you. We are not illegitimate. We are pure bloods. They took great pride in being The children of Abraham. They thought they were the people of true religion. The second thing is, it could have been that to worship Yahweh and Yahweh alone was being faithful to him. To go off into idolatry and to worship other gods was considered spiritual fornication or spiritual adultery. Now, they were saying to Jesus, they worship God and they worship God alone. They are not worshiping other gods. They are of the true faith. They are of true religion. They worship God and that he is their father. So Jesus doesn't say to them, God is not your father. And they say, oh man, we didn't know that. They say, you're absolutely wrong. We know our father. We worshiped him. We've been faithful to him. We're his chosen people. So then we get to see a strong response here from Jesus. If God were your father... You would love me, for I came from God, and I am here. And I came not of my own accord, but he sent me. And once again, Dave shared a little bit about this last read. This is a package deal. You can't reject Jesus and know God. You can't reject God the Father and know Jesus. See, in our culture today, there's many religious systems where they say, Oh, we believe in God. Whether you're Muslim or Agnostic you say there is a god, but I don't think you can know him and and many more religious systems They say there is a god, but you cannot know god if you reject Jesus So a beautiful thing by rick warren And john piper this week when they were talking about the importance of a church being christ centered No longer can we say we're just going to worship god It's going to be very deliberate and very intentional that the god we worship is the triune god Who sent his son jesus and has saved us through the power of his holy spirit? You cannot just say God. A lot of people believe in God and reject Jesus. Therefore, they don't know God. Because if they knew God and they love God, you hear the words of Jesus. You accept the words of Jesus. You follow the words of Jesus. Please hear me, Restoration Road, as your pastor. There is only one way to God, and that is through Jesus Christ. And anyone who is hostile towards Jesus, rejects his words, does not know God, Spirituality doesn't get you to God. Obedience doesn't get you to God. Jesus gets you to God. And that is the only way. If you reject Him, you reject the one and only God. And Jesus once again says, I didn't come of my own accord. It was God who sent me. That's why we're talking about the incarnation. He was defiant. In the face of evil and those who would oppose him, the one and only God, God fully man. And fully God, the incarnation. Now here we get to some heavy words here. It says, why do you not understand what I say? It is because you cannot bear to hear my word. You are of the father, the devil, your father, the devil. And your will is to do your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning and has nothing to do with truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. So we see the frustration of Jesus who's come to save and rescue that which was lost. And he's saying, (coughs) Why do you not understand what I'm saying to you? Why do you not get this? He wasn't talking about physical ancestry. He was talking about spiritual ancestry. And they couldn't put it together. They saying, why don't you get this? Because they came with preconceived notions of who Jesus was. They could have thought he was bought, born out of sexual immorality. They thought he was just a man. And they didn't understand that he was God. They didn't understand that he was the Messiah. I was down at Bread of Life this week, and I was preaching to a kid named Carlo. And I asked him, what he believed about God. I was on a preaching kick this week. Anyone I, I could stop, I was just telling him about Jesus. It's got crazy in a great way. And I said, Carlo, he said, I don't believe Jesus was some super being that rose from the dead. And this was a broken kid, and I prayed for him. You can tell him that the world had worn him down, and I wanted him to know Jesus and you know, gave him some info on the church, told him the gospel. And, but I felt so sad because he doesn't understand who Jesus was. And if you come to Jesus thinking he's a man or thinking he's a teacher that teaches good moral things, you miss the whole point. Jesus is God, the source of truth. If you abide in his word, you are set free. He gives the words of life, the words of truth, the only words that bring satisfaction and eternal life and knowledge. And he's the only way to know God is through him. And they came with this preconceived notion that Jesus was blasphemous against God. They had accused him of doing his works by the works of the devil. They said, we know you're healing people, but you're healing them through the works of Satan. We know we see signs, but that's through the work of Satan. And we're here we see Jesus turn the tables and he said, no, I'm not doing this through the works of Satan. You are children of Satan. Now that's heavy. I was sitting in bed thinking about it like, would I ever tell someone that their father is the devil? I mean, I wouldn't recommend it. This is Jesus. And he knows all. And I remember hearing some of the reformers like Martin Luther, when they were confronting the religious institutions, they would draw pictures of some of the, uh, the artists when Martin Luther would say it, drew a picture of a high, powerful spiritual authority and said he was, you know, his father was the devil. And I said, come on, Martin. <laughs> it's one thing to uh, reform the whole doctrinal system in the right way, but... Now you're calling the religious leaders sons of Satan, bro? Are you going too far? Are you taking this thing too far? But then I come to a text like this and I say, okay, he's just following his father. It's hard for us to see Jesus like this, right? Shouldn't he be more diplomatic? Shouldn't he have a conference and light some candles and bring some bread? Rather than yelling at the people who claim to be children of God and calling them sons of Satan, your father is the devil, you realize that he wasn't trying to make any friends, and this would only encourage them more to want to murder him and bring him to the cross. So he calls them sons of Satan. Why? Because they're acting like their father. Satan plotted to kill Jesus from the day he came into the earth. His heart intention was to put Jesus in the grave eternally. You understand me? Satan's so twisted. He's so perverted. He he believes his own lies that he wanted to put the Son of God into the grave eternally. What did they want to do? They wanted to put this preacher, this one who's claiming to be the Messiah, into the grave eternally. They're hostile towards God. They reject Jesus. They're rebelling against him. Therefore, whose children are they? The children of Satan. And he goes on to give a little bit of the history of Satan. Meaning he's been a liar and a murderer since the beginning. There is no truth in him. And like I said, Satan is a created being. We've got to be very careful because sometimes we think Satan is on the same level of God, good and evil. It's nothing like that. Satan is not omnipotent. Satan is not omniscient. He's a created being who rebelled against God took one-third of the angels and is still working to deceive the nations and deceive people and deceive the church and to bring chaos and murder. And he says he was a murderer from the beginning. He could be talking about Cain and Abel, right? When Cain killed Abel or Adam and Eve. Satan had a big part in influencing and tempting Adam and Eve to rebel against God like him. Did God really say that? If you eat that apple, if you disobey God, you will be like God. He's always tempting people to rebel against God, to be hostile to God, and to be their own authorities in their life. That's how Satan works. And many times, he even works about people who claim to be followers of God, and really, they are children of Satan. I know that's heavy, but because we're in this text, we have to talk about it. I'm reading Religious Affections by Jonathan Edwards. This brother takes one sentence and he breaks it out over 150 pages. I'm like, dude, I could have wrote this whole book in like two paragraphs. He takes four words and 200 pages later, here I am. But he talked about when the revival broke out, when churches were planted, that there were many who were claiming to be children of God, but they had these external ideas that were given by Satan and their actions and the way they lived their life showed that they weren't children of God. They didn't resemble God at all. And it made me think, wow, there's some truth to this. Because Jesus is confronting people who claim to know God here and telling them they're children of Satan. Now, I don't want to tell you guys this so that you're afraid. But I want to tell you this. This is a reality. Just because someone's in church, just because someone, c- someone claims to know God, Does not mean they're a child of God if they have rejected Jesus, have not put their faith in Jesus, and received his grace. That's big stuff. That's heavy stuff. That's serious stuff. But that's stuff that Jesus is bringing to light here in the text. And let's go on, reading through 45. But me, which one of you convicts? Oh, but because I tell you the truth, you do not believe me. Which one of you convicts me of sin? If I tell you the truth, why do you not believe me? Whoever is of God hears the word of God. The reason why you do not hear them is that you are not of God. Once again, he stays with that same thing. If you don't hear the words of Jesus, if you don't receive the words of Jesus, if you do not follow the words of Jesus, you are not a child of God. And he comes up with this challenging question that only Jesus could ask. He said, which one of you convicts me of sin? So if I was up here and said that question, you all could convict me of sin. But the sinless one saying that is challenging them right in their face, giving him the authority to say these things. And he's saying, you would hear my words if you were my children. If you loved and knew God the Father, you would know me and love me and receive from me. But you are not of me. You are of your father, the devil. So let's get back to talking about your choices. God the Father... The best dad around who loves you, who has adopted you into his family. God loved us so much, loved the world so much that he sent Jesus to rip us out of the hands of Satan. And out of the hands of the power of sin. So that we no longer have to be slaves of sin, but rather can be his children. That's how much this loving father loves his children. And I'm using that heavy language of Satan and ripping out because this text is alluding to that. I was watching the movie Signs this past week. I'm a movie buff. I can't lie. I love Mel Gibson in his heyday before he went crazy. And Signs is a good movie. You've got to watch. That's a good flick. DVR. I 15 minutes a night. You'll get it done in a few weeks. But there was a scene, and I won't get into it because I don't want to mess it up, and I really don't want to say alien in the middle of the movie because then we sound foolish from the pulpit. But I guess I kind of just did that. But he's in this basement. They're running away from the danger, from the enemy. His son has asthma, and I can relate to this because I have asthma. And there's nothing like wheezing and feeling like you can't breathe. And so his son son can't breathe. He can't catch his breath. And Mel Gibson's holding his son in the basement, and they're locked in there because they can't get out of there, but they left an inhaler upstairs. So he's saying to his son, and Mel Gibson's a good actor. I don't care what you guys say. He gets it done. And he's saying, like a loving father, he's saying, just breathe with me. Just rest with me. Follow the rhythms of my breathing. And you see his son slowly go from hyperventilating, from not being able to breathe, from the scare of death overcoming him. And you see him settle down with his father to the point where he can breathe. God is so much more of a loving father than that. He sees us slaves to sin. He sees us deceived by the enemy he sees us hyperventilating because the struggles and stresses and worries of the world and he takes us into his arms and he says breathe with me rest in the gospel know me you are loved by me restoration road i want you guys to hear today that you are loved by god the father and that he has snatched you out of the arms of evil and out of the power of sin and you are set free because you abide in his word and day by day little by little he will sanctify you through the power of the holy spirit and you will resemble him we are not perfect, but by the power of the Holy Spirit we resemble our daddy. And people will look at us and say they've changed, they're more forgiven, they're more patient, they're more strong, they're more courageous, they're more loving, because God is working in your life. It's called the doctrine of regeneration, where the Holy Spirit is now working with you. You're not doing the works of the enemy anymore, you're doing the works of redemption through the power and the blood of Jesus. Jesus. But I also want to talk about this second father that many people follow and many people act like. When I was younger, getting back to my biological father, I remember one time someone told me I was like my father, selfish. That bothered me so bad. I was a teenager, and I probably was selfish. Probably still am selfish. But it bothered me because my aim in life was to not be like my father in any way. Sometimes the best teachers are the ones that do horrible things and you say, I never want to be like that. My father, who I love now, and our relationship has got better, and he'll admit that he's the selfishest, the most selfish guy on the earth. You know, he abandoned us. He he taught me much evil. He was extremely selfish. So to hear that, man, that bothered me, that infuriated me. Because I didn't want to be a descendant of him in that way. I didn't want people to think of me or know me in the light that I was like my father who didn't care about anyone but himself. In a much deeper way, you do not want to be a child of Satan. You do not want to be someone who rebels against God. You do not want to be someone who rejects Jesus. You do not want to be someone who is your own authority and your own God and claims that you know the knowledge of good and evil and you know what's right and wrong and you know what's truth. Please listen to me. Carefully consider the words of Jesus, the Son of God. Those are the words you need to live by. He's the Father you want. And all you must do is put your faith in Him. It's a free gift. And you become His child. He forgives your sins. He loves you. He changes you. And you begin to resemble Him. Abide in His words and you will live in freedom. Amen.